Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith, joined by Derek Terry. Derek, I knew this would happen. I'm on vacation. I get to vacation. And then I've, I've told you and I've said to listeners, too, if something big happens, I'm going to make myself available. Well, we're like four hours into vacation first day and everything has happened. You've got NIL going crazy. Uh, and then you get Davion Mintz returns to Kentucky, something that we had entertained and talked about a lot in the spring, but kind of as the roster started taking shape, we didn't see where it was going to work. But Kentucky's loaded. Kentucky's loaded with experience. They're loaded with shooters. And there's no 9-16 and season in John Calipari's future. No, no, there's not. I mean, this is uh, obviously for, for July 1st rolling around. You get the big news with name, image, and likeness going into effect today. And then um, you get this news that Kentucky's backcourt is set now. The whole roster might not be set as uh, Kentucky still looks to add Jalen Duran um, to the roster next year. But, no, just, just strictly going off Kyle Tucker's tweet, he did the background here. I'm totally taking this from from his tweet that he put out. Uh, about three o'clock today with all the starts, Sean, he got, this is just a crazy backcourt depth with experience for John Calipari by far, something like we've never seen before in his time here at Kentucky. You're looking at Kellen Grady, uh, a transfer obviously from Davidson with a 113 starts, Davion Mintz, a hundred starts, CJ Frederick, 52 starts, Savir Wheeler, 43 starts. And then you add that with Dante uh, Allen, who obviously played a bench role last year. And then you bring in Ty Ty Washington, those top four guys, though, I mean, what's – I don't even know what that math is. Five, 95, 195. It's like over 300 starts, uh, a little bit under 313 – under 315 starts, I think, uh, that are, that's just coming from UK's backcourt. And then the age of these guys, too. I mean, obviously, Grady's been in college forever. Mintz has been in college forever. Um, so many options that I'm almost left with more questions than answers now with Mintz being back. Well, it's it's crazy to think that this team is this loaded when it comes to the backcourt. I mean, it's I mean, right? Like Savir Wheeler is at Kentucky. I, we've mentioned this in the all-time or the not the all-time, but the SEC leader in assist a year ago. You sign a five-star point guard in Tata Washington, and now you you turn mints. You got Kellen Grady. Like all these options. Like, and that's where it, we get into this where. We've talked about this, too, where I think I've said that some of these guys, Derek, they ha- I think we've been asked mailbag questions about it and stuff when it comes to the roster and how do you keep everybody happy. Some of these guys had to know, right, that – I don't know. Or do you think that maybe this is kind of a surprise to a lot of people? I mean, did, did you see Keon Brooks and Davion Mintz both coming? I, I didn't think it was possible. I really didn't. Pretty sure our last episode, I just said that Mintz wouldn't be back. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think literally the last episode I recorded, but I didn't see him coming back. No, honestly, Sean, I, I, I think – I would say I would be very surprised if all six guys in that backcourt were under the assumption that that would be the guys there. Because I just don't know why you had three transfer guards if you know you're probably going to get Ty Ty, Dante's back, um, you know, to add – Honestly, the one to me, and this is not trying to single anyone out at this point, because you know you got to go through practice, you got to see who comes out on top. Like to me, the losers from today's news in terms of minutes, it's going to be either CJ Frederick or Dante Allen. 
would yeah. be my guess because you know Mintz is going to play at least early in the year after what he did last year. I mean, he's going to get his chance. Tata Washington's not coming here to to be on the bench. Again, like if, if these other guys are just flat out better, then that will change things. I'm just going off what I think is going to happen. Uh, there's a spot for Savio Wheeler, I think, is still maybe the only – I know you said you've watched Tata Washington play at the Jordan Brand game, and you might like him a little bit more off the ball. We saw Mintz primarily off the ball last year, but he could fill in a point guard if he wants to. I still see Wheeler as pretty much the only, like, true point guard on this roster, so there's going to be a spot for him. And, obviously, I think you look at Kellen Grady and think he might be the most important player on the whole team. Yeah. So, that's four guys yeah. right there. He was the guy they went and got first, which yeah, kind of right away. the priority. Yeah. Yes. It's going to be crowded. Do you think, too, though, that Cal kind of looked at this thing and said, you know, screw it. We went nine and 16 a year ago. I'm not putting ourselves in position to have anything like that happen. And obviously, we know that Mintz's scholarship doesn't impact the numbers. They still have room for Jalen Durant. Yeah. I mean, I think if you're Cal or the coaching staff, you know, you want a surplus. I think any coach would want uh, more quality options versus, you know, just a few quality options. I just, you know, it's, it is his job though now to figure out how to keep everybody. Well, that's, that's my thing, Sean. How, how do you keep, if they get, if they say they do get the normal player in the country to join this team, how do you keep everybody happy? I know I'm not saying that like anything they're doing is wrong. I think if Mintz wanted to come back, he should take him. I think if Duran wants to come here, he should take him. Uh, I just wonder in hindsight, and it's, it's a hard thing to manage. We're new with this transfer portal stuff. I'm just wondering if the if the roster construction would have been a little bit different had they known. And another question I think is probably very relevant, Sean, that we should probably address. Today is July 1st. We mentioned the name, image, likeness. How appealing was that? Is that a coincidence that today is the day that Davion Mintz decides he's coming back to Kentucky? I don't. I don't think it's a coincidence. I really don't. I mean, you see all these guys right now. Dante Allen was the first one on the roster last night who announced the partnership with the Players Trunk. And then you have other guys on Cameo. I mean, surely – you obviously, Cal has had discussions with Davion Mintz about what he thinks mm-hmm. that he could profit at Kentucky. We know that that's been discussions. But then yesterday was his birthday, right? Was Mintz's yep. birthday yesterday? Mm-hmm. And then the way Cal worded that tweet, you know I'm here if you need me, it kind of made me feel like they weren't going to get him back. But we also know one thing about UK. When there's a press release that's detailed like that, this decision wasn't made today. Yeah. This decision had been made for a few days. Well, I think if you're a man, so you had to sit, excuse me, had to sit there and evaluate, you know, I'm probably not going to be an NBA player next year. I might not even be a G League player. I might be a G League guy next year. Uh, is it worth going over to Europe this year to make a living, or could I make just as much? playing at Kentucky. If anything, he knows he can make money this year. He knows he can get that full Kentucky experience. Maybe I should have put that together more last week when they passed these rules that Mintz would, you know, have a more appealing option to return. But I do think that that played a pretty big role in why he's deciding to come back. And somebody's not starting, obviously. I mean, you have Xavier Wheeler. I mentioned it. SEC leader in assist. I've said it from day one that I think that will be the guy that starts at point guard. Ty-Ty Washington, I've said it as well. I think he starts. I think everyone kind of looks at that and thought he started over Frederick and over Dante. And I'm going to say Davion Mintz probably starts, Derek. So where does it push Keon Brooks? I mean, obviously, I think it's something that 
if you if you're at Kentucky, you kind of know that this is a possibility for things to happen. But this is late. Like this is really late. This is July. Like we thought this roster was set in mid-May, which was normal. So you think Grady's going to come off the bench? See, to me, Mints won't be starting next year, which is why I'm a little more appalled. Well, to come back. actually, I'm going to change. I'm going to change that a little bit. I I do think Savier starts at point guard. I do. I think that that's exactly what they wanted with this roster. And and honestly, I just kind of fell victim to how many pieces they actually have because I forgot about Kellen Grady when I was saying that. <laughs> yeah, so, well, I had to write the roster out earlier before well, we got on this podcast. So I would remember everybody. I'm confident in three things right now. And I should have – I can't believe that one of the three things I'm confident in I forgot about. We probably look like we don't know what the hell we're talking about. But I think Davion Mintz will start. I really do. And I think that Xavier Wheeler will start. And I think that Oscar Sheboy starts. The rest of it I don't know. I just think Mintz starts because – also, too, I saw something. This is the first time Kentucky's returned its leading scorer under John Calipari. Is that correct? It would have to be because our Cat's Paws account, which I think the – Background check there was done by Chris Fisher. It's the first time Kentucky's had a leading leading score return since Randolph Morris. So, I mean, you're talking about the Billy G era, which is obviously very short. But, um, you know, I'm going to guess the leading score, Billy G's. Yeah, I'm going to guess Billy G's first year. The leading score was Joe Crawford probably. So, he was a senior. And then the next year, Jody Meeks, who obviously left. So, yeah, that that would sound right. Well, it's – so let's, let's just tied, right? He, they both he had eleven point five, and I think Brandon Boston did as well. I want to say they both. Well, let's just get in. Let's just get into this a little bit, and instead of trying to, I guess, pick through what the starting lineup would look back look look like, let's let's just talk about if they get it to work out, and is there anyone better to have kind of the, to have this task than Cal? Like Cal's done this stuff before, Derek. I mean, he's well, experienced I mean, in things like this. But now that and, and this too, does NIL kind of help? Because if you're not playing as much, but you're still putting some money in your pocket, how do you feel? Yeah, yeah I, mean, I think it's a pretty good reason for Dante Allen to stick around. I mean, I think his profitability at Kentucky is going to be higher than at other places, even if he maybe plays more at another school. Um, that'll be an interesting question to ask these guys down the line when we get to interview them again once the season gets going. I think that's a good point. Um, and I don't want to dismiss the fact that I don't think Dante Allen can play this year. Like, I don't want to I don't want to say that I don't think he can, but it's definitely changed things, right, for a lot of guys, not just for him, but we've talked about Lance Ware a ton and stuff, and where does he fall? Like, we don't right. know how much of these guys improved, but the one thing that we can say about this roster is John Calipari has options and he has shooters. I mean, you you add Davion Mintz to the Kellen Grady's, the C.J. Fredericks, the Ty Ty Washington's, and Dante Allen. This is a team, Derek, that if they're not the best shooting team in the SEC, I'd honestly be surprised. Yeah, I mean, they got so many guys that you would expect. I mean, basically everybody in that backcourt except for Wheeler has pretty good shooting percentages. Yeah. So, well, I mean, obviously um, Ty Ty hasn't actually taken a college shot yet, but it's thought that you know he's a pretty good shooter. I mean, if you just <laughs> Some of this discussion we could probably save once we know what Duran, Duran, what what do we agree his name is? Jalen Duran. Duran. Okay, that's probably easier to say. So Duran, let's say if he if if he comes here, then it's a whole other discussion because you could be talking about pushing <laughs> pushing some guys from the front court possibly to not necessarily the back court but to the three spot. Um, 
But Lord have mercy, we'll save that for another day. <laughs> I, I just think realistically, and I agree with you to an extent, like Cal has proven over time he's very good at managing egos. He's very good at managing uh, – well, he's very good at getting guys for the, the time that they are at Kentucky. You know, primarily this would go back to the one and done stuff, but this is obviously going to be a little bit different roster now with a lot of veterans on it. But basically putting the team before an individual – until the season's over. He's, he's proven over time he's done a very good job with that. So I agree with you to that, to that point. What I think is different, though, Sean, is like even the 2015 platoon team I don't think was this deep with quality. Qu- quality options in the same – I'm not saying that this team is going to be better than that team. What I'm saying is the 2015 team, you had the Harrison Twins who came back after a great tournament, especially Aaron. You had two freshmen coming in who proved that they deserve to be on the floor and Tyler Ulyss and Devin Booker. Whereas, you know, I think it was a little bit more understanding that Dominic Hawkins and Derek Willis wouldn't play, but you compare CJ Frederick, Dante Allen, some of those other guys, you could probably argue, I mean, for sure argue that they've already produced more in their college careers than what those two guys had done back then. So I, I don't, I'm not saying they need to platoon next year. Cause I don't know if that would work. I, I just think that like, some of the decisions look a little curious now. I just wonder if some guys still would have come here had they known how crowded it was going to be. I guess is what I'm trying to get it's at. It's a very valid question, honestly. And I'm going to say I'm not. I have no. I'm just going to throw this out there at you too. Let's let's say Kentucky doesn't get Jalen Durant. Kofi Coburn just went to the transfer portal <laughs> from Illinois. And as Jeff Goodman pointed out, too, his two former assistants, Chin Coleman and Orlando Antigua, are at Kentucky. That's an elite talent that's going to play somewhere. And he's keeping his name in the NBA draft as of right now. But Yeah, I would be a a little surprised if he's not – surely he'll be a draft pick, right? You would think. But, man, if that guy plays college basketball and that's in addition to somebody's roster in July Mm – like he's he went into the transfer portal right now because that's a deadline, right? Like you got to if you want to play college basketball. So that and we're so close to the withdrawal date for the NBA draft, Derek. That kind of tells you maybe a little bit about where he's leaning. So that's another guy that shifts the power of college basketball. Like if he goes to a Kentucky or he goes to a Duke or he goes somewhere else, it it shifts power. Well, yeah, when- this is the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, we're in July and nothing is set yet. Marcus Carr. Right. It's transferring. Another name. Like, it. these are really good basketball players that we're in July. And what? how does NLI, NIL pack, impact that? I can't even talk. There's so much going on. Like, no, I'm, I'm definitely going to get the NLI with the National Letter of Intent and NIL confused. That's just <laughs> so close, all the same letters. But just, I mean, obviously we know Kentucky has all of its eggs in Jalen Duren's basket, but when Kofi Coburn goes in the portal, and Kofi Coburn was a guy when I watched him in high school that I couldn't believe Kentucky wasn't really going after, and you saw how dominant he was at Illinois. If he's playing college basketball next season not somewhere other than Illinois, my goodness. Like, we'd have no idea what this thing's going to look like when we get to August and September. What's the polls look like? Who is considered the best team in college basketball? If Kentucky adds one more piece, obviously adding mints pushes them up the list. Yeah, I mean, we agree they're going to be good, right? Do what? Do we agree that they're going to be good? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I would be surprised. 
I hope it doesn't sound like I'm negative towards this. Although it probably does. I'm not like, I think there's a, I would be very surprised if Kentucky is not one of the best teams in the country. I mean, I think if you get Duran, you're potentially preseason number one, honestly. Um, or I guess even Coburn, I wasn't really taking him into account, but I kind of wonder if they would still pursue. I mean, I know they have the connections and I don't think you, again, you get into a spot where I don't think you would say no, but I'm almost wondering if like someone like Lance Ware is just in agreement that, Hey, if they had another big, I'm probably not getting on the floor at all this season. <laughs> Because, I mean, where, where's his spot next year? And it's, you know? well, it's thing, too, with, with Oscar Sheboy. I don't really know how well it'll work if you we're, – we're getting into so many hypotheticals now, though, that we're kind of getting off the rails. We're hard, don't we? Yeah, pretty much. But <laughs> there's just so much going on. But let's just talk about what we do know. We know Kentucky's loaded. We know they went 9-16 a year ago. NIL is in full effect now. What does this thing look like in three or four months? Are you scared of some things that are going on and some of these changes that we're going to have to – we're going to have to get used to covering some of this stuff, Derek, some of the stuff that's becoming stories and things. Like my first post today, I was writing about Dante Allen making money off of uh, the players' trunk, and it, it, which is really good. I'm, I'm very happy for these guys. But it's then you see endorsements and stuff for, for media and for podcasts and things like that, things that I don't think that I ever really even thought would even be possible. And then UK did announce their guidelines and stuff yesterday as well, which we can get into if you want. Uh, yeah, uh, I hadn't even really looked at them, though. I know they sent them out. But uh, I also saw they sent out something to the boosters, right? Uh, yeah. About that. But, uh, no, I, I'm – on almost like 99% of things NIL, um, I'm in favor of the kids. Like, absolutely. One of the ones that I saw that I thought just like, I think people are going to look back 10 years from now when the next generation of people come through and they're going to like think of how stupid some of these rules were from the NCAA. I mean, you think of that case a few years ago where the kid, I think he was a kicker somewhere and he would like post videos on YouTube of him. Like, I don't know Colorado, if it's even Colorado. Colorado. Or what. Yeah. And like, he almost got suspended or while he basically had to, cut off his youtube or whatever because he was making money from it like that's just ridiculous that should have been a thing that's that's something now that obviously is, is going to be allowed and it should be allowed like if it has nothing to do with playing football like you're gonna tell like if i did the same thing and it was popular enough to make money if i was a student at uk i could do that but a basketball player or a football player couldn't like it's crazy um there are other areas the nil like as it pertains to us and our jobs that yeah it makes me a little uneasy with what i see some things going on and that i'll frankly have no interest in participating in in terms of even honestly even for this podcast like I, I wouldn't feel comfortable having paying a current football basketball anybody to kind of promote this just because I think in in journalism and you know this is still a profession that I have a lot of respect for like I think it's uh you know you don't pay people that you cover you just don't do that and I'm not I guess I'm not casting judgment on some of these places that have to this point. I saw one Louisville side is doing that with a, with the current wide receiver over there. Like to me, that's a very uneasy thing to be um, just because it's a lot harder. I mean, I just don't think you should pay people you cover. Uh, I think it's like a pillar of journalism and uh, there's a lot. I think there is, but you know, not to make this about like the media stuff. Like I think there are plenty of options, like what Bo Nix is doing with the sweet tea. I think that's a great, I think that's a really Easy thing. Uh, I saw Moses Douglas on Kentucky's football team is doing a uh, something with a video game company, I believe, like a streaming thing. 
another great thing that like uh, it's an easy way to make money. Dante Allen with the apparel stuff. Um, I got no problem with kids setting up somewhere, signing autographs for two hours if people want to pay for it. All easy ways to make money. I think that stuff's great. Um, I, but I think even for people listening to this podcast, like what I was talking about, the media stuff will affect like fan coverage. I think if it gets to a point where if the only way you're interviewing guys is if you're paying them, like I just don't think that's going to really be what we want to get into. But of course, I think that because I'm a media member. <laughs> but uh, and, and there's things that I mean, we're going to learn about this every single week. Things are going to change. Like we have no idea what to expect. We didn't know what July 1st was going to be like. It's it's a uh, lot of new stuff to us that, and this is going to change. It's going to be, I think we'll get to a point to where it won't. It, obviously, it won't be new news. It'll be the normal. And if the NCAA had done what it was, what it should have done a long, long time ago, Derek we wouldn't even be having all this reaction to all this stuff happening. If they would have paid them a long time ago, the way they should have, if these coaches can make millions of dollars, then these players should be able to make money too. And I'm all for it. 110%. I've been for it since it was brought up. And I think, I think it's the right thing to do. And I'm glad that they're finally getting to see it. The thing that I hate is I would have loved to have seen what a player like John wall could have profited off his time at Kentucky. Oh my goodness. I mean, we're talking, Kentucky basketball getting to its peak of excitement, in my opinion, when it went from the Billy G era, late tubby era to that. And then you follow it with a guy like Anthony Davis and you move down the list to Devin Booker. Imagine what some of these guys would have made. They're, they're perfectly fine, by the way, I I should add they're, they're not struggling by any means, but I would have loved to have seen what those generational talents could have made because then we'd have a better idea of what in the heck a, a Jalen Duran can make or so. And there's going to be differences, right? Like Jalen Duran is going to make a lot of money and there's going to be the lower end or the walk on that doesn't make much, but I think every single guy is going to make something. But yeah. That's, that's life though. Bro. Well, yeah. It, yeah. I mean, especially in the society we live in in America. I mean, if it's a capitalist society like we live in, I mean, that's just how it is. Some people are going to, the people who have the most value are going to make the most money. That's how it's always been in every other area of life. So I don't know why for so long college sports, you know, weren't that way. Suddenly people get uneasy <laughs> when it comes to college athletes uh, getting paid, which maybe that's just rooted in tradition, maybe more than logic, if that makes sense. Like maybe people are just have such an emotional connection and love for how things have always been with, with the team like UK. I mean, I, I get it to that extent, but I, we kind of ask people just if they're against this to like, and I'm not saying that everything about this is going to be a smooth, easy process. Like I'm sure there will be some bumps in the road as we get started, but that doesn't, doesn't mean that as a whole, it's not a good idea. And uh, frankly, I figured it would be something that schools would be kind of for, because a lot of these, like anything that keeps the school, I feel like from having to pay these guys, you know, I mean, you, know, you look at the Bo Nix thing, he's getting paid by a sweet tea company. You look at Dante Allen, his money's coming from a, uh, I guess what a shirt apparel company or whatever. Yeah, you know it's not money coming from UK. It's these guys getting paid from from outside well, places. So and, I would think they'd probably be in, in favor of that. And and guys like Ashton Hagens and Nate Sestina and Emmanuel Quickly, they have they have items on players' trunk, mm-hmm. like their game worn shorts, their game worn shooting sleeves, and things like that. It's it's been a way for those students or those players to make money after UK. Well, now it's a, a thing where let's say somebody rocks a pair of Nike shoes during a game they're gonna go throw it on players trunk let's say Dante goes and scores 30 against somebody this year he might throw his game worn shoes up on players trunk and make a lot of money off of them maybe sign them 
And that's perfectly legal now. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. So what are the rules with, like, Kentucky being a Nike school, if Under Armour wants to pay one of their recruits $100,000. The way that I interpreted that, and that's why I texted you that yesterday, that I think the one thing that does concern me is if recruiting turns into a Nike, Adidas, Under Armour bidding war. Because the way that I interpreted what UK said. Isn't it what it was? (laughs) Basically, isn't how it's always been? Yeah, but. I guess a little different now. Under the table. Yeah. I mean, like, but that, I mean, that's the thing right now. Like, if you're, like, if you're UK and you're recruiting a top five player and Adidas comes through and say, hey, I'm going to offer you so much to, to wear this. I don't know how it would work. Would he, he'd have to go to an Adidas school, right? Cause he can't I mean, wear, I, he can't wear Adidas merchandise and play at UK the way that those rules were sent out yesterday. Well, I guess that'd be my biggest question is the corporate sponsors at the University of Kentucky already has in place that, you know, these companies that give UK a lot of money. I would think that's pretty ironclad that the kids just under no circumstance can go against those, right? That would be my thinking. And and two, and now when Cal goes out here in July and goes recruiting, is he going to go in with the mindset of with NIL deals? Yeah. Like, why why wouldn't you, right? Like, why won't you do you do you get with your with certain people and be like okay these deals start to be lined up and like people that have a lot of money and a lot of power and a lot of influence or they want their team to be successful are they going to start throwing money around to make sure that they get these guys if you're recruiting against uh uh nba league or whatever i mean that's one of the most important things would be how much money am i going to make for this one year before i go to the draft and I think if you're in college, you got to offer the same thing now, right? Yeah. And for the record, John Calipari thinks that Jalen Duren can make more money at in one season at Kentucky than he will from the any the million dollar offer he has right now. Oh, yeah. I like, think it's that's, definitely that's possible. Been, that's been the pitch. So, and if he believes that, Derek, I think it's possible. I really do think it's possible if he believes that. I don't think Cal's the type of guy. Honestly, I, I think he when it comes to these relationships and recruits and things, I feel like he's always been real with guys. I don't think he would say that if he didn't think that it was actually truly possible. Yeah. I think UK basketball's recruiting pitch is still going to be a lot different than football. Um, I got some about the other day. I think locally it's going to help some football guys, but when you have 85 people on a football roster, like let's just be real. I don't think all those guys are going to be making money, at least not like substantial money, you know, money. I mean, maybe, you know, you'd advertise something to make a little, little weekend of money or whatever but um 
we've talked about the guys over the years who could have made a lot. Tim Couch, basically any good quarterback they've had. <laughs> Woodson, Lorenzo, and those guys all could have made really well. But, you know, the starting left guards on those teams, Sean, how much do you think they would have made, you know? That's yeah. going to be the same deal now, I think. Um, well, with basketball at UK, I think it is a deal where if you're the top player, and you're, I, I think for any player in basketball, there's going to be a pretty big market for guys. And Whereas with football, that's what I'm saying. Like if you're Stoops, maybe a lot of those, you know, maybe it's part of your recruiting pitch, but not, I mean, for basketball with, with what Kentucky is competing against for their top players, I think it has to be an essential part of the recruiting process. It it's talking to. about NIL. Yeah, it has to. And, you know, we've went down, you know, this rabbit hole talking about NIL and we knew at some point we would, we've been kind of putting it off because we were wanting to kind of know a little bit more about it. Well, now we know, a lot more about it. We see the impact it's already having. But before we wrap up, Derek, let's let's just talk a little bit about the good side of this and not into the how does this thing work, how does Cal make this work. Let's just talk about what they do have. And the schedule, I mean, this is a loaded schedule, and it's perfect, right? A loaded schedule, a loaded roster with a lot of talent, a lot of experience. I mean, you're talking Keon Brooks, Davion Mintz, two guys that I think in in April we probably were saying they get one. I don't think at any point we saw they get both. You throw in an Oscar Shibway with with college experience, the the Kellen Grady's, how good can this team be? Is it a Final Four team now? Do you think we're ready to actually say that? Because I know after Xavier Wheeler we were talking that this – everybody that I had on that week that you were on your honeymoon – they all thought that Kentucky had the possible, you know, capabilities to get into a Final Four. Do you think that Mintz pushes them over that now to where there were some people that had concerns that they are a – I feel confident saying that this is a final weekend in the NCAA tournament team? I think so. Yeah, I don't – They're I don't at least a lead eight. They're at least a lead eight. No, I mean, I'll lean towards Final Four too. Like, I don't think there's any weakness in the backcourt. Maybe at this point, you, there's maybe still not a guy, and this is where I think actually Duran would come into play. Maybe you still look at this roster and say, is there is there someone who can just take over a game? I, I I think there's potential to have guys in the roster who can do that, but I don't know, you know. With Davion coming back, like I, I think he's going to – I mean, he's I think he's going to take a step back from last year. Like, I don't think he will be – got to think last year he's coming off the bench. Now, how much of that was because Cal wanted to play freshman and try to keep that one-and-done thing going? Honestly, I think it probably had something to do with it because it was pretty pretty damn obvious at the end of the year that Devin Askew was not better at basketball than Davion Mintz. No. But to start the season, he got the chance to prove that he wasn't. So maybe it's flipped this year. Maybe Davion does get the chance. But I think you're going to see a lot of shuffling. I'm not sure there's going to be just a solid five every single game. With this many guys who are playing, I think you might just have to try to roll with it. And so I think there's going to be – challenges in that regard but no i think top to bottom when you look at kentucky's roster even without duran but if they were to add duran or coburn potentially which i know there's not even been i mean maybe uk has reached out i don't know i've not seen anything saying he has i think he like just went to the portal maybe while we were recording this so if they add someone else like the the cal's challenge is going to be making this work but Again, you want to have as many options as you can. I think Mintz, that's the bottom line. Mintz coming back, I do think it makes them a better team. But it changes maybe how I thought about this group or who's going to play. Like, I just think someone's going to be left out now, and that's that's fine. I think it's that's part of it. Uh, but how does that team chemistry, you know, how does that person, whoever's getting left out, how do they kind of handle that? 
things like that that I think Cal will need to smooth over. Um, but no, I think they're really they're really uh, a, a very much improved roster. And, and we and we talked about this in March when CJ Frederick's name popped up, and you and I were like, okay, it doesn't make sense. It only makes sense because there's multiple years at Kentucky, and is it going to be in a role off the bench? And now that I look at this roster, I I think that that will have to be his role. Derek is coming in and, and kind of being that shot maker and him keying in on what he what he does well. Mm-hmm. Um, and now Davion Mintz, we know that Cal brought him to Kentucky last year not to be their leading scorer. That is not why Davion Mintz was brought to UK. It was brought to back up Devin Askew and then to play behind Terrence Clark, B.J. Boston, and kind of be a guy off the bench. Yeah, a veteran. A veteran. So now him coming back, I honestly do not think that Davion Mintz is back at Kentucky if NIL wasn't a thing. I don't either. And now that you see that, and you've talked about it, the role maybe it's a lesser role this year than what it was last year. Probably will be. Definitely won't take the amount of shots and stuff that he took last year because he's not going to have to. There's other guys there now. How good can this team be? Let's say I've, I've been talking about earlier that I could see him starting, and we've talked about how – Kentucky could actually start a lineup that doesn't even include freshmen for the first time in Calipari era. Mm-hmm. But if he if he is able to slide into that original role that John Calipari thought he had for him, then I think this team is very, very good. So let's say Ty Ty Washington and Sabir Wheeler start in the backcourt with Kellen Grady. And then it's Keon Brooks and Oscar Sheboy. And then you're bringing a guy like Jacob Toppin off the bench, who we know is a spark plug and instant energy and kind of a – a versatile piece that can do a lot of things for you. And then you're bringing in a Davion Mintz. You're bringing in guys at each level of the floor now that I think can really show and pay off, pay dividends when you get into that postseason and into March, where if somebody's not playing well or if you have an injury, this is the kind of roster that can survive an injury now when you look at it. Unless it's to an Oscar Sheepway, the way this roster stands right now, that's the one spot where I would panic if they had an injury. Because that's the one guy that I think you can't be without right now. If they get Jalen Duran, then you get another body. Yeah, I mean, we've not even mentioned – we primarily talked about backcourt and NIL, but, like, out of all those guys you just named, he didn't even mention their second-highest-rated recruit this year with Damian Collins. He didn't mention yeah. Bryce Hopkins. Like, this team is extremely deep. And um, if you're on the floor this year, it's because you earned it. In practice, and I think that's probably one thing Cal definitely wanted this year because it certainly seemed like last year that was not the case. I mean, like they they just had to play some guys who, quite frankly, weren't very good, and um, just because they they weren't good enough. I mean, obviously they just weren't good enough overall. To COVID probably played a big role in that in terms of not really maximizing. I think what they could have been, but even then, I think at this point every UK fan could agree that uh, under no circumstance would last year's year have been special. They probably wouldn't have been historically bad. I think there's no question they wouldn't have been historically bad. But it still probably would have been the worst year in Cal's era. And I think there still would have been some challenges made – or changes made, excuse me. And um, with this year, like, I think I lean towards – and we could – if we got into this, it would be a whole other 30 minutes. So, I'll just say it very briefly. Like, what we talk about the backcourt looking like, I think changes if they do get uh, Duran, just because – I think at that point, Keon's still going to start, and I think Keon's going to play the three again. Yeah. I don't see a scenario where, D- where Keon's coming off the bench. So, unless they 
wanted to not start Shibway or not start Dern, which would be surprising to me, then I think that changes. I think that has an even more dramatic effect than what we're talking about right now. This one men's coming back for sure, because I, I think it, I think that cuts in that cuts into everybody's time basically. I mean, if Dern's there, yeah. um, so there's going to be a couple of people on this roster that I think are going to have to see the long-term project here. Lance Ware, most notably, yeah. I think. And, and and honestly, I could I could see him being okay with that. Is that crazy to think? No, I, th- I think so too. I, I, mean, I almost feel just... like him coming back this year might have told you that. Just because yeah. even even before we talked about these potential additions, like there was a pretty good chance that front court he was gonna have some guys in front of him regardless. Yeah. Even before these other guys came back. Yep. Well, uh, we we've talked all summer that uh, we July would be slow. And honestly, Derek, I actually think that we might be wrong on that. I think that we're going to get some storylines here this month, some big ones. I, I think I actually said it the other day that I could see us getting a few here in July. Well, July 1st, boom, Davion Mintz returns to Kentucky. And, and honestly, I'm kind of – I was actually excited to see that he's coming back because I, I, thought, he, I thought he was a lot of fun to, to cover. I'm actually excited to be in Rupp Arena covering game with 20,000 people and him hitting a transition three because the roof's going to blow off. I mean, he, he seems like a phenomenal kid, yeah. and I'm happy that he gets to, to experience. After what they went through last year, I'm happy that he's going to get to experience uh, the love and affection that Kentucky fans can bring upon players as, versus what it was last year. So, on a, on a note like that, like I'm very, very happy for Davion that he gets this opportunity. Uh, once in a lifetime, really. I mean, for him, since he didn't get it last year, he gets to come back, and you get another experienced guy. Like, it, it definitely makes – Excuse me. It definitely makes Kentucky better. It just goes against some things that I've thought all along uh, this summer, just because I didn't think he would be back. But now that he is back, I look forward to covering him. And uh, like I said, seems like a great kid. And um, I think this definitely gets people. I mean, just from looking at my Twitter feed, which people get fired up anytime something happens for Kentucky basketball. But just looking at my Twitter feed, it seems like the fan base is very excited about this as well. And I'll I'll say this as we wrap up here. Let's just say that they don't get Jalen Dern. They don't play the same position, but I think this kind of softens the blow. And here's why. We've been talking about this whole four-out-one-in look. We've been talking about a three-guard lineup. If they do get Jalen Duran, I think you can throw the three-guard lineup out the door a lot because Oscar Sheboy is going to play. And then you're going to have to force Keon Brooks, Jacob Toppin into the three. If they don't get Jalen Duran, and I know Kentucky fans listening to the show would much rather have Jalen Duran. Honestly, I would too because you take that guy every single time. But if they don't get him, I still think that this team's a Final Four team as it stands. And I think that you got guys, the lineups and the flexibility that Cal's going to have with this roster, we will get into it this summer and into the fall when we have some other guys on to talk about it. He has so many options. What you just did is you added a third guy to this roster that can play the point spot. Yeah. And that is so – and honestly, you got four because Kellen Grady's played some points. But you've got options now that if you don't have Xavier Wheeler or Ty Ty Washington on the floor, you know what you can have? You can have Davion Mintz, Kellen Grady, Dante Allen, or you can throw C.J. Frederick. That is that's unheard of. There's so much versatility on this roster that I honestly think it's impossible for them to not be good. Does this make them – and I know that I should really be careful what I say after last year – but I just feel like we know more about these guys than what we knew about the guys last year. Like, if we get burnt this year, I don't know what happened. 
because I just have a feeling that we know what these guys can be. But where does as, as we wrap up, where does this put Kentucky in the league? Does that bump them to the favorite in your opinion? Yeah, I think so too. I agree a hundred percent. Huge, huge news in the SEC. Huge day for Kentucky. Well, when we talk about the SEC too, Sean. Like we'll make this real quick. Like Alabama had a bad night last night. They did. Alabama lost Josh Primo to the draft, and then Jaden Shackelford went into the transfer portal, yeah, replacing all five starters. Very surprised. It was very surprised. I know they got some good guys coming in, um, but I think you got to expect a step back from those guys at this point yeah. versus what it could have been. You have to. Uh, I agree. I, I think it's going to be Kentucky. I think it's going to be Tennessee. I think that's going to be the the cream of the crop in the SEC this year. There will be a lot of really good teams, though. Auburn's going to be better. You know, Florida's going to be there. I mean, there's a lot of good teams in the league. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, but I'll say this, too. I'm not ready to flip the calendar and go straight to basketball because I'm actually excited, excited about football, too. Like, I'm excited about Kentucky Daily and what this could mean for this show going into the fall. And we're grateful for you all listening. I know there's going to be points throughout this episode where you're probably like, do these two guys even know what they're talking about? I mean, I completely forgot Kellen Grady even existed. But I, I think that we, we're all kind of guilty of that right now because we forget. There's so many guys on this roster yeah, that we can see making an impact that it's kind of hard to see where these pieces fit together. All I know is John Calipari has an entire clean table laid out in front of him right now, and he's got so many pieces, Derek, that he can mix and match that this final puzzle can – it probably has four or five different pictures that it can turn into. And honestly, if I'm being honest, I don't see any of them turning out to not be successful. I, I think that this is going to be a good team. I really do. Not saying they're going to win a national championship, but I think that this will be the one that Kentucky fans get excited about. I think they're going to be fun to watch, and I think they're going to be good. And that's the fun thing about this show, too, is it's July 1st. The things we're talking about right now are obviously going to change. The, the way we view players, are, it's going to change versus how much they improve this offseason. Once we see them all playing together, our opinions will change. So this is just a, you know, a fun way to talk about the news and what's happened. Um Again, I'm not criticizing anything that Kentucky's done this offseason. After last year, Cal would have been getting crushed if he didn't, you know, kind of go overboard <laughs> making changes. So uh, it's just going to be interesting to see how it goes and who gets opportunities. You know, I mean, they start off right away, right, with Duke most likely. Yep. I mean, you get you get thrown right into the action. And then that's, that's a good feeling to have, though, looking at that backcourt, seeing all the experience that they have. And knowing that that should be one less thing you got to worry about is how someone's going to react to the environment uh, playing in, in those situations. But I'm about to sneeze. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Um, let's wrap this up, Sean. Yep. Well, <laughs> I know a place where uh, you can celebrate if you're a Kentucky fan today. All this good news. You can go to the Butcher's Pub. And you know how we're talking about all this flexibility and options that John Calipari has? You have options yourself. you got three locations. You can go to Pondville, you can go to Williamsburg, or you can go to London. Or you can visit thebutcherspub.com or check them out on all three of those Facebook pages for more information. Derek, I think uh, one thing we're going to have to do very soon is we're probably going to have to have a mailbag because I think we're going to have a lot of questions. I had like three or four people say, never mind my last mailbag question now that Mintz is back. <laughs> so, And someone texted me today and said uh, – Davion Mintz, Marcus Carr, and then I literally replied and said Mintz is coming back, and like a minute later, he comes back. So it was like perfect timing. But uh, obviously it's exciting news for Kentucky fans. Hope you all enjoy it. Uh, I'm on vacation, 
surprisingly, I have really good internet. I didn't think I'd have good internet, so I'm going to be able to pop in and stuff and do some things, Derek. I don't know what you have planned, but uh, I'm available to pop in and talk and as things happen. And uh, I'm excited about this. Uh, I'm excited to get back to normal, and I think normal means a really good basketball team for John Calipari this year, and I think they're going to be fun to cover. He's Derek Terry. I'm Sean Smith. We'll catch you next time on Kentucky Daily.